How are y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. We are part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. I'd like to give a big shout out to our listeners. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'd, I'd watch it, though. You have somebody from your other show on with <laughs> Maybe just the equal, you know, co slash host slash partner here, just for this show, so we can make both. Well, sir, he he's the he's actually the the host. I'm trying not to give too much away, Mike, but he's the host. That's why I said the greatest co-host because we already know who the greatest host in the world is, Mike. Yeah, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Taking shots early already. I love it. It's the only thing we're going to win, so I might as well take a few in here because our team definitely isn't going to compete. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we, we just got done talking about that a little bit earlier. We're, we're hoping for points. Isn't that right, Mike? Yeah, well, you were hoping for first down. <laughs> Man, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know that. Yep, that's going to be interesting. Who's going to be well, Mike back? Just... <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, where, where can remind everybody where we can find you out on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy. And guys, again, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan15. Well, here we are with episode nine of Mike and I's new series, Offsides with Paul and Mike. Again, guys, this is a series where we bring on a fan of the opposing team. Uh, this week, we are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we have a very special guest with us today. Please welcome Mr. Rich Maletto. Rich, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, sir. I appreciate you joining us. A- absolutely. This is uh, my pleasure for sure. I, 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 I'm honored you guys asked, seriously. And hey, what do you guys, you guys know each other, right? What's that from? What do you guys know each other from? I'm trying to think. So Paul and I do the uh, ATB fantasy show. You can give us a follow at uh, ATB underscore fantasy show. And we should be, I, I got to get the, uh, me, I don't, Paul, who's working on that tonight? Is that me, you, or Nug? Well, you know, I uh, I thought that it was going to be you, but if you can't do it, I'm I'm happy to help. I know Nug said that he he would help if need be, but he wouldn't be able to get to get to it until game night. So, or until until the game started is what it sounded like. The same boat. <laughs> yes, sir. It sounds like it, right? Yeah, because I I apologize. I did not because I know. Mike, you, you made a comment on Twitter. You would like to have had the info prior to Thursday night since there was some helpful information in there for Thursday night. And uh, it's a fair request, criticism request slash uh, good idea. So um, I apologize. It's just work has been pretty crazy. I used to be able to – I was so bored at work, I could take some time early in the uh, morning before things got out of control to get it kind of taken care of and squared away. And I've not been able to do that. And uh, you can ask Paul, I have not done well staying up late trying to uh, complete the show. (laughs) You know, this, we try to keep it pretty PG here, Rich. So I won't, uh, I won't dive too deep into that, but yes, you've, uh, you've been known to uh, cut out on us early. Yes. So uh, anyway, getting it edited is, um, (laughs) Hard to do when the laptop is on your face, but yes. But at least look at it this way. At least there's no one you want in fantasy from this game 
maybe Aaron Rodgers. So who cares about Thursday's game? The whole team, everyone's injured on well, both sides. And in all fairness, Mike, there was nothing. We we there was no odds. I couldn't find any odds. I couldn't find any prices. So there there wasn't much information on tonight's game to really offer you. I I will say this: I picked up Hasty somewhere for free, and uh, I threw him in my lineup tonight. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. Well, Rich, uh, let everybody know where they can find you out on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Bodacious Beer, all spelled out B O D A C I O U S Beer. Yeah, and I know you've got you've got that pretty uh, pretty cool Avi Avi uh, Avi pick that uh, represent the Scott Fishbowl. Man, that, I I look at that, I'm like, man, that's that was really well done. That's that seems like uh, that that just screams you. It does, right? It really does. Yeah, it really I, does. Uh, I was really impressed with what the guys did. I I love it, and uh, they did a pretty good job. I think it mimics Bo well. So Bo, for people probably don't know, Bo was uh, my first dog that was mine. I, I credit my me being alive and not dead or in jail somewhere to him. So he uh, was pretty pretty important in my life. But uh, I had him for thirteen years, and uh, kind of took him everywhere with me. In fact, I would see people I had seen in a little while, and they would say, "Hey, how's Bo doing?" "Hey, I'm good. Thanks for asking. Bo's great." <laughs> curious, <you're> curious. <laughs> but uh, no. So anyway, they—I thought they did a great job. I think they took that from one of the previous pictures I had up, but uh, they did an excellent job for sure. Too bad my fishbowl team. I probably. No, you're good. Sorry. I'll probably call you. I, I always call you Bo. So if you hear me saying Bo. That's me talking to Rich, and I didn't know about your dog, and that's ironic because I, in your phone, in my phone, you're Bo. On you oh, know, right. on Twitter, you're Bo. I always. Just it, say it's Bo. funny because there's a couple of people that way, which it, it's kind of interesting how that name came about on Twitter, which is how my Facebook name got all screwed up on Facebook. So, I'll tell you that some other time, Mike. That's kind of a funny one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hear that for sure. Well, no, enough of the uh, the sentimental talk, Rich. Let's get down to business. Sounds good. Here to you me. are. You're, <laughs> here you are. You're a Steelers fan, but not only are you a Steelers fan, you're somehow. Uh, I don't want to say you're you're on the fence there, but you, you kind of like two teams that are are known to hate each other. Can you explain? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? So, my dad's from Pennsylvania, and Penn State fan, Steeler fan, and. Uh, so from the time I was born, you know, I was I was going to be a Steeler fan. You know, he had moved to Cleveland for a job. He had gone to Indiana for work. That's where he met my mom. Um, ironically, I ended up doing sales like they were that plant that they met at however long ago was a plant I ended up doing sales calls to, which was kind of ironic. But anyhow, they met there and then my dad got a job with a, a good company and they moved him out to Cleveland. And so we were in Cleveland and that's where, that's where I was born. So from the time I was six weeks old and I used to carry a baby picture because people didn't believe me, I was six weeks old in a Steelers outfit. My dad always had me in Steelers outfit and uh, we'd kick a football in the house and watch football together. And But the trick bag was, is I lived in a suburb, a town called North Ridgeville. And even in our neighborhood, we had a handful of Browns players that lived up in the condos at the front of the neighborhood. And you know, you be a kid in the early to mid 80s with the Cleveland Browns 
and not like the Cleveland Browns, man. Give that a shot. And, uh, you know, at that time, it's not like the Steelers were really doing much, but uh, I was still watching and doing all the Steelers stuff with my dad and all the Brown stuff with my friends, and I knew as much about both teams. You know how every kid has knows all the players, all the stats on their team and the different changes and the backups. I actually could do that on both. And when I was six, apparently I told my parents I was going to play football for both of them. And they didn't have the heart to tell me I couldn't. <laughs> Their only response was, well, what happens when they play each other? And I said, well, I'll play for the home team, duh. Like, what else would you do? <laughs> so anyway, so yes, I it gets people pretty upset. Um, you know, and maybe I was spoiled that way. Maybe it's been a crutch. Like I said, they've never really been top notch at the same time. And due to where I've lived, was able to watch some of more than others. And then of course, when we moved to Minnesota, the Browns, uh, the Browns got shut down when they moved to the Ravens. So the Cleveland Browns didn't exist for four years. So, you know, and during that time, the Steelers had, but it's, it, my room was messed up, man. I had a Browns pennant and a Steeler pennant hanging on the wall right next to each other. Clear as day. <laughs> I had a Browns hat. I had a Browns hat possible. with a Steeler starter. <laughs> wow. It, it It is, seriously, I've heard this story before because we I don't know you as well as Paul does, but I know you, and I've heard this story, and it still baffles me. I just can't, when you're a fan of a team and it's a rival right like that, like you hate the rival, you know, and to think like, like who, like if they're playing. Oh, I just want a good for? football game, man. I mean, it, you know. Keep in mind, I'm also a big NASCAR guy, right? And when I went down to to chase a dream of building race cars, you had to recognize the fact if you wanted a job and you wanted to do it, you had to quit being a fan of a driver or team, and you had to be a fan of the sport. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it when you're playing and you're on that team. Yeah. Who you're playing against is your ultimate entity. But I'll be frank, when I swam, my, my, oh, my best races, my best competition, they were against guys I liked. Not, I mean, yeah, it was fun to beat the guys I hated, but the guys that I really liked as people that I got to train with in the off season, those were the ones I really took the most pride in and winning. And they did too. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because you know how good each other is, but I mean, as a football fan back then, they, those teams have been known to play smash mouth in the dirt football, old school football, you know? They both play on grass. They both play outdoor stadiums. They both have to play good defense at the end of the year. The, both those cities, as much as they hate each other, are very similar. There's a lot of similarities and overlap in attitude and uh, approach to life and all that. And I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, I didn't know any different with my dad. What am I going to do? Get mad at my dad when we're playing the Browns? And, you know, but like I said, when you got Browns players in, your neighborhood and your uncle goes out with them once in a while and introduces you to them. It's hard not to be in all and just, you know, not be a fan of them, you know? So it's pretty messed up. But when I, when, when they come on now, you know what I really want when they come on now, it's the same thing when they play the stupid Ravens, don't hurt each other. You guys hate each other enough. I don't need to see a bunch of injuries. And that's what happens in the Ravens games all the time. And mark my words as the Browns get better and especially on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to see the same thing with them. Yeah, Miles Garrett oh must God, be a trip, dude. man. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm yelling at the TV, like, don't swing it, don't swing it, you know, because you, you you know, you don't do that, right? At the same time, 
I don't, yeah. this whole, he could have killed him and he should be charged with assault. And my dad felt that way. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see it like that. I don't. It, yeah, I'm it, with it's you. in the heat I of the moment. Either. I've grabbed guys face masks. I, I don't think I would have thought twice about swinging it and then realizing afterwards, holy shit idea. Yeah. I get, I get I'm a, you're a professional athlete. You should have some better control, but I, I just think that got extreme. But yes, that that reignited. Look, I'll be honest. We used to go to Brown Steelers games almost every year. Um, sometimes we went to Pittsburgh, the Three Rivers. Sometimes we saw it there at Cleveland Municipal. And I was talk, just talking to my dad today about it because I was talking about the podcast. And I said, Dad, I'm pretty sure that every time we went to a Brown Steelers game, we saw a fight break out. I'm almost positive. And he starts thinking. He goes, you know. You're probably right about that. He says, there were definitely a fair amount. I said, I'm telling you that. I remember one when we were in Pittsburgh. I remember one. I said, you always had to do was watch the dog pound, and there was always a fight that broke out in the dog pound. Some Steeler fan would get a ticket in the dog pound. Such a bad idea. Mistake. Such a bad. And I tell you what, uh, my dad, I'd always want to go to the dog pound, and all we would ever do is walk underneath the stands of it. We wouldn't, like, go up. One year we did, and they thought it was great this kid went up in there. But um, it just smelled like piss and beer, man, underneath. Like, and, and Cleveland Municipal is a nasty stadium. But, I mean, you walked underneath there, and it just – it was wet all across the concrete. It just smelled like piss and beer. It really did. Sorry, that was probably pretty Yeah, I have no plan <laughs> doing that. <laughs> hey, let's, let's get into the game, though. Okay. Unfortunately, we have to. It's uh, seven and zero, right? And you're playing a, a a team that's you know you're having a crap season here in Dallas, right? How do you keep from overlooking them when you guys have been so dominant and we have had the season we have? Honestly, that's my biggest fear for the week. I told somebody that I didn't before I saw the show sheet. I I said that to one of my buddies. I said I'm worried about this. This this smells of a trap game. I know we were going to talk about some strengths and weaknesses. I guess that's that's the next question, but that's exactly why I think it's a trap game. If you're going to beat the Steelers, you got to beat them on the outside and in the pass game. You're not going to beat them at the run game. I understand the Ravens did how much running they did on them, but that's a very unique run game, a very different type of quarterback. Um, the Steelers are built to stop the run, to put you in passing downs, bring pressure, and hope that Minka Fitzpatrick makes a play or the defensive secondary does. But for the last however long, you know, they have a habit of leaving their corners vulnerable. The Cowboys have the right tools to beat them. They do, minus the quarterback. I don't know who I don't know who's gonna be playing quarterback, but this absolutely stinks of well, okay. I was hoping you guys would know, but this definitely stinks of a trap game to me. Do you think it matters, though? I mean, say you guys overlook them. Do you, do you think that even in that scenario that the Cowboys, with who they're bringing to the table, can can I think compete? On any given Sunday, any team compete. You know, we forget. We, we, it, it, we, when we watch, it seems like there's such extreme differences in talent on the field when that's rarely the case. I mean, let's keep in mind that you have 112 Division I college schools. Division one college athletes. How many people do you know play division one college football? I don't know many. I know a couple, but I don't know many. I know 
fair amount of people and I don't know many. Right now, imagine out of that crop, out of that crop, yep, a very finite number because you have 32, a very finite number out of the six round draft or whatever, seventh round draft it is every year. How many don't even make the team? So I, I don't buy into that they're so crappy that Alabama can beat them type of thing. I've never bought into that. Even even when you have, you know, three or four players from that team that really goes on to be, you know, studs in the NFL, it still takes 22, 11 and 11. So I, uh, short of if it was me playing quarterback for the Cowboys, okay, fair. You don't have to look past it. But I don't, I don't know, man. I can. I mean, if the Steelers aren't paying attention, look what Tampa Bay looked like against the Giants. Sure looked like they didn't really prepare for it or get up for it. I, I don't think the Giants, the Giants and the Cowboys were a decent game, yeah. relatively speaking. You know, compared to each other. So it's not like I feel like, you know, the Cowboys are so much worse than the Giants. That's true. One game, you never know what could happen in, in a one game. Uh, I don't see it, but yeah, you just never know. A- any crazy things could happen. You know, you could you could lose hold of the ball, get a bunch of turnovers. You Look, just, and I'm not saying know. I think it's going to happen that the Cowboys upset them. I'm just saying that absolutely this sniffs stinks of a trap game, in my opinion. And I, I don't. To your point, Mike, do I think do I think they need to have a good game to win? No. I think there's enough tools on the Steelers that they can they can get by in a couple of scenarios, and, and I think they'll ultimately win. If I was still in my survivor bracket, I'd probably pick them this week if I hadn't already. Yeah, that is – yeah, this is a definitely a survivor pick game. I think I used Pittsburgh already, but it would have been the pick if I hadn't. You know, Rich, it's hard to uh... – to look at a team that's seven and zero and say, you know, this team has got got some issues. But when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers team, you know them being undefeated. What would you say is their weak link? It, it to me, it's the defensive secondary. Still, I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick is is an absolute stud. I mean, he's he's their Troy Troy Palomalu. But if you ever watch those Steelers defenses with Troy, Troy makes all those plays. I mean, he's just a ball hawk in the middle of the field. And he's everywhere. Those cornerbacks were notoriously getting burned. That was always the way you beat them. That didn't mean Tom Brady and Peyton Manning always beat them. They got they got to those guys by bringing pressure. But if you're going to beat the Steelers, you do it with outside receiver heat. Probably some slot play too. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it'd be nice if we had a quarterback that could get on the ball because we definitely have receivers exactly. that could attack that area. Uh, you think you think Avery Williamson trade? helps at all just i don't i'm not familiar if he's more of a cover linebacker or a run stopper but do you think he comes in and, and does anything to help improve the uh pass defense? you know they typically that defensive scheme puts i mean in all fairness to the cornerbacks that defensive scheme puts pressure on you it puts you on an island and it puts you covering large zones it's what it does and if Avery Williamson is there, I think he's more there for run-stopping blitzing to take the role of Bush, potentially. I actually think Splain's filled in quite well. I've been impressed. So I'm not sure why they traded for him. At the same time, they didn't pay much for Williamson. And if you look at his pedigree, what he's supposed no, to be, didn't. to be that that inside stud there for the Jets, Right. And, and that's what he was originally drafted for back in the day. I don't remember who he was originally drafted by. Uh, but anyway, that's 
that's what he's supposed to be about. And I I don't know if it's just to add depth. I, I honestly think Splane's been fine, but I'm curious because I feel like that's the spot he would go to. Maybe maybe they add him for insurance because of TJ Watt, some backup ability for him. I don't know. I, I when that trade happened, I I instantly said that's interesting. I'm not sure why they did that, but they don't pay for much. And I'll be honest, when it comes to Steelers and linebackers, I don't ask questions. I take note. Yeah, that's a smart move. When they get, man, when they get linebackers and wide receivers, for that matter, you know, they both, uh, they both knock those develop. They develop. Historically speaking, going back decades, it's sure. I have always joked that. And I mean, you can go look at these drafts where they've got some of these linebackers and running backs. They just, they just have a knack for finding those spots or putting them in the right systems because, you know, Joey Porter left. He was okay. Um, James Harrison left and was okay. Kevin Green, you know, he was more of a better talent when he got there. When he left, he was at um, Zach Brown. Um, I mean, I know him for Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd kind of held his own there at Carolina. Um, but the list goes on. These guys leave and they really don't amount to much. So how much of it's the system, how much it's them. I think it's one of those things like the Shanahan's, they find the right player for the right system for that position. You know what I mean? But when the Steelers make a move for a linebacker, I take note. Well, let me ask you. We're kind of taking it to the sideline with how they develop. Mike, um, he the coach of the year this year? I think he should be coach of the decade, personally. What he dealt with Antonio Brown. I don't know. I mean, he yeah, he does a really great job. I guess there's nothing that jumps out where I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I guess them being undefeated is it. But when I think coach of the year, I'm always thinking about coaches that turn teams around um i just don't think tomlin deserved to be on the hot seat the last two years when people were talking about it, especially in pittsburgh and steeler radio and stuff i thought it was stupid i had no idea why they felt like they needed to get rid of tomlin injuries happen personnel changes i i didn't understand it i think tomlin's just a hell of a coach oh well that was my follow-up question so <laughs> we can move right on to paul because i that was going to be my follow-up was what the hell was all that talk that about stupid. Tomlin being on the hot seat? And you have nailed it. Well, in terms of fantasy, Rich, who who do you trust of these wide receivers, these Pittsburgh wide receivers? I'm still trusting Deontay Johnson most. I know last week he let us down, but the all the other weeks he's let us down, the guy left with an injury and did come back. This time he got injured and did come back. Now maybe it's fool's gold because he's always getting dinged up, but – I, I think if anything, defenses are recognizing that, so maybe they're playing to him, and maybe they're all fool's gold because we saw Juju's numbers go up. But, look, I think Claypool's awesome, but I think they're developing him, and you're going to have up and down weeks, and you're going to be pissed when you bench him because he's going to blow up, and you're going to be frustrated when you start him because he's going to have a very low floor. Deontay, on the other hand, I, I think there's just maybe games there that are like that. you got to try to watch the matchups. But I tell you what, man, the games he's played most of the snaps, the guy's getting like 15 targets. And you know me, Paul, I'm a volume guy. If I know a guy's getting targets or touches in the system, I want that guy. I don't care what the efficiency is most times. I really don't. That makes sense. Connor, um, think I think Connor, Connor probably doesn't have as much leverage on his contract. But uh, that's why I think you're going to keep seeing, like, uh, I'm a little worried how much we'll see if, say, maybe, maybe Anthony McFarland or Bernie Snow. Benny Snell tomorrow or I mean, this weekend. Um, as a general rule, they really just don't spend money 
anywhere, man. I mean, linebacker, they'll spend a little up if it's someone they've had in the system. But I, it, it's all going to depend on what Connor's contract is, and I just don't know how much value he's going to have on the free agent market. I don't know how many teams are really going to say, oh, my God, he's what we need. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I agree. When you look at the Steelers, I mean, is it – when you are excuse me, when you look at the AFC, is it the K, is it the Kansas City Chiefs and everybody else, or do you feel like the Steelers are right right up there with with Kansas City? The Steelers, in my opinion, have the team to at least compete with Kansas City. To me, it's no different than the Steelers teams that kind of had this, you know, that got in the playoffs. They didn't have the best record, but they're playing the Colts that were the favorites or the Patriots that were the favorites. They have a good enough defense to give any offense problems. And I, I know not everybody buys in this philosophy, but I read a book years ago um, by Joe Paterno, and he was adamant after all the years of trying different ways to do it. He was adamant the best way to consistently have a shot to win every single game was to have a good defense, um, a good kicking game, which is kind of surprising to folks, and an offense that doesn't turn over the ball. He was adamant. He tried doing it with a high-powered offense. He tried doing it with this, that, and the other thing. And he was adamant, as long as you had an offense that didn't turn over the ball, a good defense, and a good kicking game, you were going to be in contention in every single game you played. You talk about and a good kicking game. Sorry. It's Patriots. Oh, talk about a kicking game? No, I was just saying, that's the Patriots. Yeah, yeah in all fairness, right? Yeah. What about the kicking game? So I didn't mean to jump in. I jumped in. No, I was just going to say, in but... kicking game, was he uh, was he not just talking about, I assume, field goals, but also punting and, and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and he touched on that. So, you know, part of, part of having a good defense um, is field position, right? So if you don't have a high-powered offense, but your defense can keep the field short where, all right, they get the ball up to 25, they don't really go anywhere, they punt it. You get the ball now at the 35-40. You go maybe 10 yards. You punt it. Defense pins them back inside the 10-yard line, holds them there, so on. You control the field of play. All you got to do is get, you know, now you need a little bit more to get in that field goal range, right? You need a little bit more to get into the end zone, what have you. But punting was a big part of it for sure. Punting and kicking field goals, it was all, that was part of the kicking game. You had to have a good kicking game. And if you watch those teams he had, you, you typically – there's quite a few kickers that came through that school that played in the pros. I mean, I went back and looked. I didn't realize how many there were. But e even for college, even later on when they weren't a big program anyone wanted to, to go to, they've always – that team always had a fairly decent kicking game. I always found that interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy the ways you, – you, you know what else helps you win other than kicking good defense? When T.J. Watt drops to you in the draft – you fucking draft him. How does it feel to have a, uh, a front office that actually drafts a TJ Watt type player when he drops into your damn lap at the end of the first? So, the draft? you know, being a Browns fan and a Steelers fan is, is kind of troubling at times, especially around the draft. You know, I've got a good buddy that uh, is a big Packer fan, and he and I like to try to do predictions and draft and who we're going to get, who we want to get, that sort of thing. And uh, we always talk about the drafts afterwards. And I, I always chuckle because for the most part, I feel like the Steelers always do a decent job. They rarely hit it like a home run for the whole draft. 
they always find a pick here and there, but they always seem to be pretty savvy. And I made the comment about when the Steelers get a linebacker, I take note. I do that a lot during drafts. Uh, if they take a line, there's many times that they'll take a linebacker from somewhere and you'll hear teams be like, or the scouts be like, I'm not sure, you know, he didn't do this. This was the knock on him. The Steelers have a knack for finding linebackers. So it was more of, I think there was a lot of fans that questioned that pick. Weren't sure he was, he was going to be the study is there was other fans that felt like, Hey, it's JJ Watts brother. So he's got to be just as good. But I think there's a lot of people that really question that. When the Steelers draft a, a linebacker, typically a running back too, I'll take note. I really will. And they they have a good history of drafting well, in my opinion. Meanwhile, the Browns, on the other hand, do the worst drafting ever. So, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, my buddy will call and he'll be asking about this and that. And I'll be like, you know, the Steelers got this lineman. I'm not sure about him. Oh, he, I like that guy. That was a smart pick by them. And so on. And then he'd be like, what about the Browns? I'll be like, well... It wasn't completely effed. I got, we got this pick, you know, I mean, like <laughs> over the last probably eight years, it's progressively, especially four or five, you know, it's been like, well, I actually have some hope after this draft or, oh, hey, they didn't totally screw the pooch. Wow. So I, I'll give the Steelers props. They do a great job with that. Rich, it's going to be ugly on Sunday. I know that. But what are you predicting uh, the score is going to be? Oh, I'm not good at predicting scores. But I tell you what, I'll throw one out there. Um, 28 to 9. Wow, that would be amazing. We would have uh, uh, a within uh, almost, would that be within three scores or within three touchdowns? All right. I wonder, do you know the spread to the game? I, I didn't check it, actually. I wonder if that would uh, that probably that probably would beat it. I'm assuming it's around 11. And I'm horrible at these, so I, I will be surprised if I'm anywhere in the ballpark. Well, mine was uh, 37 to six. So you gave us a better shot. Well, and I may have, I may have, you know, underestimated the Steelers' defense. I just, I think what you're going to see for Steelers is of a, a running game. I'm not even sure you see a lot of Connor. But I think you see a whole lot of the running game. What you got? I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought on our on our uh, pod earlier, Mike, I said the score was going to be thirty to three. Yeah, that was it. That is going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. Actually, the one thing that'll make it fun to watch is if you have guys in there that are fantasy. So that's a good transition to the next question: Who leads fantasy? well, uh, normally, you know, your quarterbacks in most leagues will get you the most points. So, I mean, if you're looking at something like that, you usually got to roll that dice. But I tell you what, I am concerned about Big Ben. He um, He's making me nervous in general. I mean, I could have made an argument that's the weak spot on the team right now is is the quarterback spot. It looked great early on, but the last few weeks it got me nervous. Um, like I said, I think it's a running game. I Give me James Conner for the week. That was mine, too. I, I said the same thing in our pod. We talked about uh uh big ben in the offense of the steelers i said he's had two games under 200 yards and five under 250 so i factored that into fantasy that ben's obviously an easy pick because he's a quarterback and our defense stinks but i think connor too i just i don't see us being able to stop runs up the middle we haven't done it all year and pittsburgh's not going to get all fancy like philly tried to do they're just going to take the run up the middle and eat us alive what do you got paul who you got, Paul? Yeah, I think it's going to be. Um, 
I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for his uh, his future. You know, maybe I've kind of talked myself into this this narrative that I mentioned earlier. But I think uh, we're going to see Chase Claypool have have a big game. And you know, when I say it's a big game, I'm, I'm thinking maybe just two touchdowns. Not so much. I'm not saying he's going to go out there with ten receptions for 200 yards or anything. But I could see him, you know, five receptions for for 70 yards and and two total TDs, you know, maybe he gets a rushing TDs that the Steelers have been finding ways to get the ball in his hand. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Mr. Chase Claypool. Interesting. I could see that. I could see that. I like it. I, I honestly could totally see. No, that. I, I actually would see, I guess I would see it more like three to four receptions, a carrier two, and the two touchdowns. I, I really could. I could see that. And you guys both, uh, you, you you guys both have James yeah. Conner as your picks, correct? Correct. I'm just making sure. Correct. But I was just curious, you know, I know you mentioned that you you know you told your mom and your dad that when you were uh, at six years old that you wanted to play for both the the Browns and the Steelers there, and of course they supported you. But you know, as time has passed, how does your dad feel about you? You liking both teams? You know, knowing that he's a diehard Steelers fan. Um, it doesn't bother him at all. Uh, yeah, he's a diehard Steelers fan, but he's also a football fan. You know, we were talking about it today and said, you know, there's a lot of games where it just got nasty and awful. He goes, there's one time that it was really kind of classy. And he taught, and I said, I know exactly what you're talking about. When Bill Cowers, the coach of the Steelers, it was the last game in Cleveland, and they took a knee at the goal line. He goes, yep. That just showed the mutual respect between – and in all fairness – you know what's funny about this? When Cleveland was getting moved, you know who threw the biggest stink and the biggest fight to keep him in Cleveland? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's funny. I, I, right? I mean, I, I felt like that was an obvious uh, answer, but I'm curious. What, why was it? Right. Just because of the mutual respect, because of the, the rich rivalry and everything? I mean, you know, do you know the story behind that? I think it had more to do with the, the rivalry. I, I think that they just – that was that – was, in that area – People took offense if you didn't think it was one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Like, they really didn't understand it. As close as those teams were, as close as, like I said, they're very sister-like cities. Um, and and I used to tell people this. Go and look at a, at a map, especially back in the day. Everyone talks about all the, the athletes that come out of Florida and Texas and all that. Go look, though, at the schools out of the Ohio Valley, that Michigan – Ohio, Pennsylvania area, and you find a pile of defensive linemen, linebackers, and offensive linemen and hard-nosed runners. Mm-hmm. You do. You don't find the super speeds, the receivers, and all that. Nope. And I've always said, you know, it's a shame that for the bowl games, you know, when Ohio State and Penn State has to go to Florida or Texas and play in fair weather against these speed demons, that they don't have to come and play up there like how the Big Ten has to play football for half the year. We've heard him talk about it with the, the Patriots, right? At the end of the year, these teams in the muck run the ball, throw less, play good defense, right? That's what you got to do if you're going to play outdoors in Boston or Pittsburgh or Baltimore, Philly, and all that, right? Yeah. They both are that way, and, and I think it was mutual respect. I think that's why, in all honesty, when Browns fans say the Steelers are the worst to make fun of them and hate on them the most, it drives me nuts because, to me, the greatest rivalry, the team to hate the most, absolutely despise at all times, is the Ravens. They were stolen from Cleveland, and they play dirty. They wear purple. 
and it was the original rivalry of the Steelers. Screw the Ravens. F them. You should have double that because I do. You like they them. are the most hated team for me in all of sports. Is the Ravens, and it bothers me because I see it as Love to see it. that move and Art Modell screwed the screwed the Browns out of having a dynasty. For sure, getting their first Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, they were the number one Absolutely. team in the. One hundred percent. They would have had. That, they were the well. They were the number one team in football when they had moved, got announced, and Bill Belichick was the coach. You know, before we get out of here, Rich, I wanted to ask you one more question. You were mentioning the similarities between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and you know, you think about a blue collar, hardworking city, things like that. Uh, you know, having a, a guy like Baker Mayfield being the franchise QB, you know, he doesn't strike me as somebody, not to say that he's not a hard worker, but he doesn't strike me as a blue collar guy. You know, the, uh, you know, a, a typical man's man, you know, you think about he's got the, uh, he's got the commercial, he's got the sense of humor, you know, he's been known to be a dancer, like a stylish guy. Is he, um, what, what was the response when, when Cleveland drafted him with the first overall pick? I liked it. A lot of people didn't. I disagree. I think he is kind of that blue collar guy. He gets knocked because of his size. He he gets knocked all over the place. That he when he got drafted, do you guys ever remember being like, "Oh, that was such a smart pick"? I thought it was. No. Uh, I was surprised no. by the pick, but I was like, you know what? I mean, they, they must see something in him. And you know, when you look at what he did at Oklahoma, it's hard not to argue because I felt like uh, he he had the upside. He's got the moxie. That's what that team needed. But he had mm-hmm. moxie. Right. Now, looking back, is Darnold and Jones all that? Rosen? None of those guys were, right? So they right. did get the best of the group, right? I mean, it's a shame they didn't get what trade back and get Watson or Mahomes when they had the opportunities to, you know. But I I think he kind of is, you know. But I tell you what, right, there's a prime example, though. You guys want to talk, we talked about the drafting, something where the Steelers really excel. Do you know how many different head coaches the Steelers have had in the last 40 years? Three. 50 years. Yeah. Three. Three coaches in 50 years, man. Since 1970 or I think it was 70 or 71, Noel got hired. Think yeah, about that. That's crazy. Do you yeah, know how many coaches the Browns insane, had man. that year alone? <laughs> what was it? Four? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't because I'm thinking of the year Hugh got fired, right? Hugh got fired. You have Greg Williams as the interim coach. Then you bring in uh, – why can't Kitchens. I think of his name right now? Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens. Then you bring Kitchens. in Stefanski. So you got four in a matter of less than 24 months. Yeah, that's Steelers insane, had three, three in five years. And they yeah. continually draft linebackers like they're, they can find gold in a rock. I mean – Dude, it's hard not to it's hard not to like and have respect for this this organization, in my opinion. It's my most respected one. As a Cowboys fan, I respect Steelers more than any other. That makes sense. You know, I always was kind of curious how your how your love for the uh or you know how you grew to to be a fan of both the Steelers and the Browns, man. But when you kind of break it down and told your story, I, I, uh, I find that really interesting and I can see what, how you would, um, 
you know, I don't want to say divided, but you know, you've got your friends. You want to you want to be able to talk with your friends and hang out with your friends. And of course, they're all Browns fans. And where you're growing up, that's kind of like Browns country. And then you still having the relationship with your dad. That that's that's pretty cool, man. I used to love to sit down and still do. I mean, I we go to football games, and I mean, he he introduced me to football, and he's smart he, about football. I mean, he used to my my uh, buddy in high school used to call him Joe Pa because. He, he would sit in the stands at the high school games and would tell my buddy, look, they're going to run this next. See what they should run is this, because this is going to run that other lined up here. You get it right. Like every time. So my buddy was like, it's crazy watching a football game with your dad up there. Yeah. I was like, I never have, never have during a high game. We do it during college. And I do the same thing with him. So I get it. It really was like, Hey, a uh, heartwarming and uh, and really cool story of how it happened, and I hate <laughs> that, that's it. fine. And like I said, I used to uh, I used to carry a uh, picture of me in a Steeler outfit because people didn't believe me. I'm like, see right here, six weeks old. I was a fat yeah. baby at six weeks old, boy. Lo, let me tell you. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm a fat baby now. <laughs> well, Rich, again, I really appreciate. I really appreciate being invited out here. This was a lot of fun. We really appreciate you uh, having a blast coming on. I know um, I was going to, you know, just to bust your chops a bit, but we had our, our editor in chief, Mr. Bossman, Johnny Kaufman, come on for week four to talk about the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, we were asking him um, if you're a Browns fan, like, can you be a fan of any other team? And it's like, no, you you can't, uh, you know, you can't be a, a slave to two masters. It's either the Browns or, or nobody else. So it's just interesting for him to have that attitude. And then for you to, to have your story and to be a, a fan of both the Steelers and the Browns. I, I find that interesting. Well, and you know, I'll throw this out there too. Keep in mind before Sunday ticket, when you moved, you were at the mercy of what teams were there to watch. Right. You know? So for fantasy, that's partly why I enjoyed fantasy so much because I would draft players or get players that were, I might draft Carolina players, and and for example, that was always always found that as an edges moving because I what I knew about Minnesota Packer players, they were going to go early. That's going to happen. But I could snag some of these Panthers when I lived in the, in the Carolinas, right? Or uh-huh. um, trying to think of one of the other places where I was living, I did that stuff. But you know, anyway, you get what I'm saying because I'd seen it or whatever. So you find yourself like you know. I wanted to go watch a football game when we um, when we moved to Minnesota. My only choice was to go to a, a Minnesota Viking game. And you know when Robert Smith got drafted by him and Randy Moss was there, it was it was hard to not go to a game and have fun. You know what I mean? What are you going to do and be like, I'm pissed. This isn't my team. You, what are you going to do? Wait for every five six years for them to come around and go to a game and enjoy it? You know what I mean? I mean it doesn't. I guess you could fly to it or make a special trip, but. You know, when, you know, we're more spoiled now than we ever were. Like we have Sunday tickets. So I watch all the Browns and all the Steelers games, but I didn't even get used to do that. It was cool that the Steelers games were on a lot when I lived in Charlotte, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when I got to see them more often, you know, like I said, there was four years I lived in Minnesota. There was no Browns to cheer for. Couldn't even find Browns apparel, (laughs) you know, so. so. I know you you mentioned that you moved around a lot. Like, would were you? Of course, you know you'd stay loyal to the Steelers and the Browns. But did you also start to like the, uh, you know, like the Panthers or the other teams that you were kind of surrounded by? Um, I enjoyed the Panthers. Maybe it's because I enjoyed Charlotte being there. Um, I like those Vikings teams; were fun to watch. 
I, 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 I have a lot of respect for the Packers. They play outdoors. They play in the frozen tundra. It's old school football. But God, the Packer fans drive me bonkers, man. I just, man, when I first moved up here, somebody told me I should die. I could be killed because I'm not a Packer fan living in Wisconsin. What's wrong with me? Like, wow. Now, not, that, not all that way, but I'm just saying, you know, there's everybody in Wisconsin's a Packer fan, almost. Other than once you get to the border, when you get to the border on the south side, you get some Chicago Bear ones. When you get to the border over here on the west side, you get some Viking ones. The Viking, yeah. Viking fans are fair weather fans, man. There are not a ton of loyal all the time Viking fans. They're fans when they win. So I make fun of both. I make fun of the fact that the only reason the Ravens can be purple and win is because they had a murderer on their team. That that's why the Vikings will never they wear purple. So I make fun of Vikings fans for that. Um, I, I I typically avoid that stuff. I just I I I get so annoyed with Packers fans, man. Oh. Yeah, that I I can't stand a fair weather fan, especially if it's somebody who who lives in the state or the the city, and you know likes them one day and hates them the next. So that that would be uh, that would be annoying, and that, those aren't the type of of a fans, if you even want to call them that, that I that I'd like to uh, I like to be around. No, I mean I can get it. People are like, well, I'm fair weather because you cheer for this or that, but. I like them both. I want them both to win every week when they play each other. I just sit back and watch the show. I mean, now Absolutely. if there's playoff implications on the line, okay, let's be honest about it. The Browns yeah, there are you out, go. the Browns are out of the playoffs. The mm-hmm. Steelers need one more win so they get a bye. Obviously, I want the win. Okay. Um, maybe they're going to face each other in the playoffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want the Steelers to get two wins in the regular season because then I know automatically the Browns get a win in the playoffs. Or maybe I do because I'd like to see the Browns get a playoff win since they haven't had one in 30 years. Do you know what I'm right. saying? Um, right now, push came to shove. I would rather see the Browns make a run in the playoffs than the Steelers because we, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. God, it's been so long. The Steelers, I've, I've gotten to enjoy a couple of Steelers Super Bowls, man. I would really love to see the Browns quit sucking. So. so let me ask you this, though. If you had to choose, either you see Baker's first um, action, playoff action this season, or Big Ben and the Steelers, you know, they go on their last playoff run, and this is Big Ben's last, you know, last last year in the league. Which, which one would you would you prefer? Oh, uh, I thought the Steelers had a shot to make a run through the whole playoffs, and they kind of look like that now. I'd, I'd be hoping for that. The Browns, the Browns – not have a team to contend for a Super Bowl yet. They don't. They've had too many injuries, too many challenges. But I will. I won't lie. I would love to see what play, what uh, a playoff Baker looks like, though, man. I don't disagree, dude. I'd like to see what a playoff Chubb looks like. Yeah, I love me some Nick Chubb. Absolutely. Yes, sir. He's supposed to be coming pre- back pretty soon, right here in the next week or two I'm weeks from now. Hoping, I'm hoping they're buys this week, so I'm. I haven't heard anything. I'm hoping that he comes back after the bye. I'm hoping that's what they're doing with him. I'm, I'm open and praying, man. Yeah, I know what. Uh, right on that than I do, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, that's true. I was going to say they were talking about it on the uh, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how Kareem Hunt actually looked a little bit better, was performing a little bit better while while Nick Chubb was around. You know, not that he's been bad, but no, it's just funny better. that everybody. What's that? He did look better with Chubb. It, I, I, I get really frustrated. He did look better with Chubb and I get really frustrated. People are like, well, Chubb is a decent receiver underrated, but he's not he's not Hunt. He's not this. He's not that. They've never really asked him to be. I have seen Nick Chubb make some incredible catches. I don't know about his route running, but he seems to be in the right place at the right time. I think Hunt looked better with Chubb because Chubb brings a certain power to the game that Hunt mm-hmm. doesn't really have. And yeah. so where his use comes in and where you see him, he's being more elusive. He's being quicker. While the other guys are just – they're getting pounded on a little bit. I mean, and you see Chubb kind of wear teams down. I just – Man, I was bummed to see him get nicked up. I really was. I'm so glad they have Hunt, and I would love to see more teams do what the Browns are doing like this because they had the ability to sit him down and rest him instead of forcing him back. The Giants would have forced Barkley back. No, and, and, you know, I mean, when you have a running back like Hunt who can – who can fill in? Who can fill in? And he, you know, you, you think about the versatility uh, in the passing game, and then he has a notion of the end zone. You and I have kind of talked about that before, and then he's still pretty good in between the tackles and everything. I mean, why would you want to rush rush Chubb back, knowing that you you have a you really have a legitimate shot at your first uh, playoff berth in you know what is it, the last twenty years or so, or how long has it been? I I have to go back and look, man. It's been so long. It, I want to say. Either Kelly Holcomb was the quarterback or Derek Anderson was. I can't remember which. Man, yeah, those are some some old names. Right. Well, Rich, we're getting close to it, sir. And, you know, again, I want to say uh, uh, speaking for both Mike and myself that we we appreciate you coming on, man. It was a good conversation. It was nice to uh, to talk to to talk some football with you that wasn't fantasy related for once, man. Right. Get a little more football football going on. I kind of miss it, too, man. Yeah, yeah, I got to say, you've got a you're a good storyteller, man. I, I can see why you you've always been in sales because you're you've got a way with words, and I I could hear you talk uh, tell stories about watching watching football with your dad or just uh, you living your your life experiences. Well, I appreciate that, man. I, I think I just get long winded, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. And Rich, uh, you know, just from everybody, while we're getting out of here, where can we find you out on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Bodacious Beer, all spelled out. Bodacious Beer. Yes, sir. And again, guys, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Uh, thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week.